0: I don't know how long I'm going to be talking right now because I'm having one of those. Hey, who's that? Oh, sorry, I'm looking out my window right now. Yeah, I was just going to open my window, but now it's going to be weird if she notices. <clears throat> what was I talking about? Um, I'm having a very flimmy day. My throat, I'm clearing my throat a lot lately. and I listened to a podcast the other day of mine, and I just, I was clearing my throat the entire time, so I am going to do that, I'm going to try to pay attention to that and do it less. She saw me, I opened my window and she looked up, oh no, I'm not, not because of you, not because of you, I'm just, I'm hot in here, Oregon has no ACs. And, uh, I wonder if she can hear me. Hope she doesn't think I'm talking to myself. Well, I am talking to myself. <laughs> <clears throat> stop clearing your throat. It's disgusting, John. I'm one of the the guys that swallows it. I never spit it out, so it just comes right back up. Ah, stop. Stop talking, John. <clears throat> <clears throat> okay, that should hold me for a couple minutes. But um, damn it, what was I just talking about? Yeah, Oregon has no ACs. You have to buy them. Uh, it, the houses don't come with them. Apartments don't come with ACs in Oregon. I think it's a lot of Western places. But you know, a couple weeks ago, we Oregon had a record. Eugene, at least, had record snow. Uh, It was about a foot and a half, something like that. But now it's getting hot. I sweat at night. I can't breathe in heat. Oh, man. But I meditated. I I started meditating again. Um, I did that a lot when I was living in Colorado about three years ago. And... You know, I was doing it for about three months until I went to Alaska and my schedule got messed up and I just plump forgot. But I got results for meditation. It, you know, we people put a lot of emphasis on working out, you know, going to the gym, lifting weights, doing bicep curls. And that's all important. But no one thinks the same about your brain. Some people do, but for the most part, people don't really think about how your brain is a muscle too. And it needs to be worked out. Otherwise, you're just going to have a shit brain. You're going to have a flabby brain and there won't be any abs on it. You know? So, meditating is like the perfect workout. Um, Chess is really good too. Man, my client, Russell, we played so many hours of chess uh when I was his caregiver. So many hours. It was crazy. That, and that's all well and good. But, you know, meditating for just 10 minutes a day, you'd be surprised on what you'll start noticing within a month of doing that, a month or two. You know, people should see meditating as bicep curls, you know. Just and it's it's not as hard as people think it is. Like all you really have to do, all you're learning to do when you meditate is focusing on your breath. That's like the essence of it. And it sounds simple, but it does take some time to do that. It's hard like you you quickly find out how little your attention span is. So meditating is really good. I just, I started up again about two weeks ago and, you know, I'm starting to, I think I'm starting to see results. It takes a while. I remember when I was doing it in Colorado, about two months into doing it, I really started noticing things. Like, it was, it was a lot easier for me to have conversations with people. You know, I was never the best at that. You know, like small talk. I think I talked about that in one of my podcasts. But, you know, it things just came easier to me. And I was smiling a lot more. I felt like my energy was was just more gravitating. People were more attracted to talk to me, if that makes sense. You know, you ever have... A day, like, when people just want to talk to you, like, you don't know why, but everyone around you just seems to gravitate towards you. And then there's days where no one, like, people are a little intimidated to talk to you, or they think you don't want to engage with people. You know, I'm I'm a big believer in subconscious energy. And this, this isn't some voodoo... Uh, what's that word? Uh, pseudoscience. It's not that. Like, I really do think there's some merit to this. Where, like, what's a good example? You know, like, there's something to be said about, if you're watching someone dance, and they don't know how to dance, but they're just so free with their bodies and, so not insecure about themselves, it's very attractive to watch somebody dance like that who can't dance, but they don't care. They just move around freely anyway. And it's fun to watch that, you know? And you, like, it makes you want to be more like that person. But if you're seeing someone who can dance, but they're very insecure about themselves, like they're very robotic, and you you can feel that. You know, you can feel their insecurities. And that's something I've always been very conscientious of. I'm a big believer in energy. Vibes. Maybe that's a better word for it. Subconscious vibrations with one another. People do communicate with each other on a subconscious level. I'm pretty sure there's, there's some science to that. <laughs> if there is, I haven't read into it that much. <clears throat> but I do think there is something to be said about it. You know, because I just have those days where I'm feeling good. I wake up feeling good and I go out in the world and people want to talk to me on these particular days where I feel particularly happier. And on days when I wake up super anxious and filled with like worry, people I feel can sense that and they avoid me. I talk to less people on those days, not because I'm going up to less people. People are coming up to me less. You know, on those happy days, people feel free to come up to me. But on those anxious days, people tend to avoid me. You know, we can just feel it. <clears throat> I can. People can, for the most part, sense a fake smile. There's always something off about uh, a, a smile that took effort to put on. <clears throat> but we all know a genuine smile. So... Yeah, something to be said about it. I say that a lot in my podcast. Joe Rogan, he gets made fun of for always saying, It's entirely possible. You know, he'll say something. And my version of that is there's something to be said about that. But yeah, vibes. <clears throat> oh my god, I gotta stop clearing my throat. Hey, Poppy. I haven't started smoking yet, so y'all should be proud. People, people make fun of me when I say y'all. Even in Texas, where I'm from, some people make fun of that. I mean, in Oregon, I guess it makes more sense because, you know, it's Oregon. But I never understood why y'all got such a bad rap. You know, that's, it's a perfectly valid contraction. I don't get it. People say can't, won't, haven't have uh, some you know, other ones. But no one so Us people say y'all. I don't get it. You all. That's the that's a perfect contraction. Get off my get off me I was about to say something else. <clears throat> but I'm always gonna say y'all. Kind of <clears throat> <clears throat> oh, I'm so sorry, guys. I like seeing y'all, especially in places like Oregon, where there's a bunch of liberal-type folks, because it kind of makes me feel like an outsider. I've always enjoyed being the outsider guy. You know? It's it, like... There's nothing sexy being in the South and hearing a Southern accent. But... If, if you go north and you have a southern accent and you're and you're kind it's kind of attractive people people just like a foreign voice you know something that's out of the ordinary to them i don't sound like a southerner but i say y'all that's that's probably it, it shouldn't be a southern thing to say but it is you know I don't get it. As long as people are using contractions, they can't say dick about y'all. Okay? So let's drop it. Drop it right now. Drop it like it's hot. I missed that song. Snoop Dogg. I'm currently breaking up some weed right now. Good stuff. Unidentified stuff. The joint that was given to me. That's not... Uh, yeah. <clears throat> oh, my goodness. I'm going to go back and count how many times I, I cleared my throat. I think it's been at least six right now. Mm. You know, I always have a phlegmy throat. I don't know why that is. I have some ideas... I I hear that milk. At, I don't think it causes phlegmy throats, but it definitely exacerbates phlegmy throats. So, and I drink a lot of milk. I've been drinking milk since I was a young boy. And so I could definitely experiment with that. You know, like don't drink milk for two day, two weeks or something. I might try that out. But other than that, I don't. <clears throat> Okay, I'm just gonna get get it all out. <coughs> okay. Alright, we're good. <clears throat> Maybe. Oh man. I'm right by the window and that breeze finally kicked. It's a good day for a hike, I tell you that much. <sighs> but yeah, throat throats, I don't if someone has any remedies to clearing up. Let me, throw let me know. Shoot me a text. Email me. Whatever. I don't care. Just send me something. I, You know, I do a lot of research on other things, but for some reason, this issue I've had for years, I don't really look into it. I just kind of accepted it into my life. I don't... I don't get me sometimes. I don't get me a lot of the times. But I'm... I'm changing for the better. All right. You guys are about to hear my first hit of the day. Ooh, let me get that hair out of there. Sorry. Oh, yeah. That first hit is always after a long day. That first hit is magnificent Magnificentiotto. Ah, forgive me. I like making up my own words that sound almost correct, but you know, it's, it's my own little way. <clears throat> Whew, I had an intense workout today, so I deserve this. I haven't ran in a long time, but I just started doing stair climbers. It's not running, but it that's probably harder. I burn a lot more calories in shorter time doing that than anything else. I hike a lot, so stair climbers are are a good workout. I'm just trying to get rid of this pudgy belly, man. You can't see it right now, but if I just flick it, it just ripples like the ocean. It's not sexy. I don't know. It, It might be. There's something to be said about dad bots. You know, something psychological about that. You know, girls are attracted, a lot of girls are attracted to dad bots. And, you know, I've always wondered why that is. You know, it might have something to do with their their conditioning growing up. It, it's not out of the ordinary to be attracted to people that remind you of your parent of the opposite sex of you. That's not out of the ordinary. That's a very common thing. I think it's called the epitus Complex. That was theorized by Sigmund Freud. And there's there's a lot of merit to that. There's a, often a girl with daddy issues... Will like if you can find out what cologne her dad wears, you have a good shot at getting with that girl. But don't do that, you know, that's that's cheating. You don't want to be the guy who cheats to win a girl over. You know, it's it's kind of unsettling to think that you're attracted to people that remind you of one of your parents, whether you if you're a guy, you know there's a lot of traits we gravitate towards too that remind us of our mom. And if you're a girl, same with your dad. It's not. It's not a bad thing. It's. I mean, we don't want to. You know, to some degree, it's. It's like emotional incest. So, yeah, I. I need to avoid that word when talking about this. But like we don't want to think of it like that because you know it's 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 weird it's icky but you know all the studies show that you know that it points to in that direction so i've always been like the more you know the better off you are some people say ignorance is bliss which might be true you know i'm not i'm not the i'm I'm pretty realistic with life But, you know, you can choose to either let that make you feel bad or, to me, the more I know about things, I see it as opportunities to capitalize on that knowledge. You know, it gives me more control of the universe around me. But if, like, if some people, if you tell them, That Earth is just a grain of sand compared to the rest of the universe. You know, that makes people feel small. But, and we are small, but that's so fascinating to me. You know, that's probably a bad example. I can't really use that to make my life better. That, what's a better example? (sighs) Okay, all right. So, I guess I'm technically a nihilist, and basically a nihilist is someone who thinks there's no meaning to any of this. You know, we all just die, and then that's it. That's that's what I believe, you know, and a lot of people who are a nihilist, they're very negative people. They're very drab, but me, the way I like to look at it... uh. Life not having meaning is kind of what gives my life meaning. You know, I don't have a direction. I have to create my own path. And I like that. You know, some people, oh, I always hated that argument. Like, it's God's plan. Like, when someone's pursuing something and they fail or something, they say it's God's plan. Shut up. You're quitting. That's what you're doing. You can't just – that's such a cop-out to not do something because it's not God's plan. Oh, that always annoyed the shit out of me. Even when I considered myself a Christian, I always hated that answer. You know, like who are you to say it's not God's plan? He didn't tell you – he didn't tell you anything you know if if you're if you're someone who believes if he did tell you something you're schizophrenic <laughs> you know uh, okay i guess we're going to get into this we we're going to finally get into what i believe in and i don't i'm i'm not an atheist But I lean towards atheists. I'm agnostic. I consider myself agnostic. Just because that's the most honest answer you can give yourself. That's the most honest label you can have for yourself. Even if you're a Christian, saying you're agnostic is more honest to say. Saying there isn't a God is just as egotistical as saying there is one. You know, no one freaking knows. (sighs) But, you know, a lot of people who believe... Will say that, you, you know, John, uh, I've actually, I felt God's presence and, you know, and I was just like you, John, They're like, you know, they always, they bring up your name in every sentence to connect with you more. I was just like you, John, you know, I was skeptical. I had a lot of bad things happen in my life, you know, I, I didn't know if God was hearing my prayers, but one day, you know, he just, he spoke to me. And I, I felt his presence. And uh, I'm sure you did. I, I, I believe you. I believe that you believe that. You know. I I chose okay, it was eighth grade. Eighth grade I got baptized. And because I felt God's presence. There was I was at church camp, you know, we were having this moment, but I decided oh, man, I was crying and everything, and there were people with me crying, and there was that moment when I decided, like, okay, it's time. I'm getting baptized. I'm going to accept Jesus into my life, and I'm going to stop doing the shit that I I like doing, but I shouldn't be, even though that never happened. Uh, But, like, looking back on that, as I became more and more – Skeptical? <clears throat> oh, the phlegm. Looking back on that, I noticed the only reason I decided to get baptized and the only reason I felt God's presence was because of this emotional buildup that was created by everyone else who was there. You know, we were all sharing these very intimate stories with each other. And, you know, we were all connecting And that's what that was. That was God's presence. It was everyone coming together, being vulnerable with each other and feeling free to open up about things. And whenever you open up and people accept it, that's very liberating. That feels very good. And that's what, God is to me, that's what that is. That's the presence you were feeling. It wasn't, it wasn't this entity. It was this feeling that you created yourself or you created with other people. That's why community is so big in church. That's, that's kind of what holds it all together in a lot of ways. That's where positivity comes from. That's where the the awesome God feeling comes from it's it's usually with other people, like you can look back for yourself and you know i'm I'm sure there's cases where there where people said no actually john i was I was by myself i I was hit you know I was at a bad time in my life, I was addicted to alcohol, I was snorting coke off strippers' tits, and you know it was that moment where God came to me. And you know, until like, okay, okay, let's talk about this. <laughs> like, if you're if you're moderately addicted to something, you're kind of just gonna stay addicted to it. You know, you can't really have a a big change in your life until you hit rock bottom. Until you wake up in bed with a horse and you're like, Oh my God. Okay. We need to, we need to do some thinking. And I, I really think it's one, cause we know a lot of people who hit rock bottom before and a, a lot of them are super religious people and they didn't become religious until they hit rock bottom, you know, because that is what got them out. They they instilled a belief inside of them that, you know, in a six-step program, they convince you that, you know, addiction is a disease. And, you know, to some extent, I agree with that. To some extent. Um, and they they convince you that you cannot do this on your own. Like, you need this being at your side to help you through this. And and if you can instill that in people, uh you know, you can you can make a change in your life. And you know, like the six step program, it's that's about community too. That's about people coming and opening up with each other. And that's where, you know, those feelings come back. So you know, I don't want to take this. I don't want to take away people's faith, because a lot of the times that's all people have. Especially people who've suffered with addiction, they don't really have much going on in their life. But this this podcast isn't for people who are trying. Ah, I just I like. Challenging people's thoughts and my own thoughts, you know, because I, I experienced a lot of this myself. And it wasn't until years later that I f- kind of noticed that it was, you know, this occurred because of that and all this. <clears throat> but that's that's what God is. God is a feeling. God is inside of you. He's a mental thing. He's God is meditation. It all goes back to meditation. Um, and that's powerful. Belief is a super powerful tool. You know, some people use belief as a weapon, but a lot of people also use it as a tool. And if you can, if you can not be a dick, if if your belief isn't causing you to be a dick, you know, making you judge others for shit, you were doing six months ago, Todd um, if if it can keep you fulfilled and happy and wanting to help people and wanting to understand people, that's a big thing that's a big thing that judgmental people don't do they don't they don't try to understand somebody's situation and uh, that's that's very important. You know, and, like, like we should all challenge ourselves right now and think of the most heinous type of person you can think of. Like, I'm talking bad, like, psychopath, pedophile, um, shit, what's worse than those? Uh, Hitler. <laughs> just have this experiment with yourself and just... Don't play devil's advocate, but just try to understand. Don't You don't have to approve of their behavior, but just try to understand how they got there. That's it. Just try to understand what brought them to this time in their life. You know, like with pedophiles. Ooh, lordy. Um, obviously, we don't approve... Of their actions, you know they, it's like these weird people who are trying to like not like like they're like they're trying to make pedophilia the new gay rights movement something weird like that there's there's a small minority of people who are just insane, but you know obviously we like a lot of people just want to see pedophiles locked up and or euthanized or Have their balls cut off or something, you know. And yeah, I don't, I wouldn't want a pedophile around my future child. Obviously, duh. But what I'm trying to get at is, you know, a lot of pedophiles, a lot of people who were, who molest children were often molested themselves as kids. And, and most pedophiles don't act on, their urges, on their desires. And imagine that. Imagine living a life where you can't pursue the thing that gives you the most desire. No matter how awful it is, imagine imagine having that life. They know it's awful. And a lot of them don't act on it at all. That's got to be so fucking... Painful (laughs) because they can't help to have those urges. No one chooses to fuck a little kid unless there's some situation where you are, where you have to be celibate and you're around kids a lot. Wink wink, Catholic Church. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of situations like that, but also, you know, pedophiles tend to uh, pursue Catholic priest positions because that's where kids are and shit like that. But oh, you can't choose to have those urges. It doesn't make sense. I'm not going to just suddenly decide I, I like having sex with kids. That's never going to happen. It's never going to register to me that that's even an option. So to be a person who has that feeling, for the most part, something has gone terribly wrong in their life. And that's that's a tragedy for them, and you have to understand. You have to have some kind of sympathy for that, empathy or I don't know what the words are, sympathy or empathy. <clears throat> um, yeah, it, it's it sucks, and and to and think about the ones who do act on it, who do end up molesting kids. They know the consequences of fucking kids. That's, that's a terrible penalty in this society. Rightly so. You know, you're not going to, I'm not going to allow you to fuck up my kids' conditioning because you have an urge. No. Absolutely not. But imagine knowing exactly what will happen if you get caught doing that. And doing it anyway. Oh my God, that's that. That's how you know this isn't a choice to have these desires. It's a choice to act on them, you know, but it's not a choice to have these thoughts. To know how, what the penalty is for doing something that heinous and doing it anyway. You know, <laughs> there's something to be said about that. But, you know... But yeah, at the end of the day, you do have a choice with whether you want to pursue a young boy, butt or not. Oh man, I'm I'm sort of trying to make light of this because it's kind of a it's a hard topic to talk about because people have knee jerk reactions when you bring up pedophiles, and rightly so, obviously. But you know, it's I think it's healthy for us to exercise our brains like this before just immediately dismissing someone as this just kind of put yourself in their their shoes you know what happened to you i'm sure there's some some imprint in your mind that just changed your future forever that's a tragedy and you know like whenever you whenever you get good at doing that having that brain exercise you know it makes it does make you more sympathetic towards people and their actions you can't the actions though like once you act on fucking my kid then no you're you're out i'm sorry you can't you screwed you screwed them up now they're gonna they, they they're gonna have to deal with this the rest of their life so no but shit i'm sorry that happened to you but Oh, get it! <laughs> oh man, oh, I think this is a good stopping point. I I got my my words out. I didn't think I'd have anything to say, but I managed to think of something. Let's see how long I've been recording. I I want to say it's been 15 minutes, but I I bet it's like 25. Just because that's always how it is. 35. Ooh, poppy. Chicharone. Eh, that's a that's a good length. Um I'm going to keep talking until I decide I have nothing to say. But yeah, we should all just be a little more understanding of the people around us. That, that always annoys the shit out of me. You know, there's a lot of people not so much these days it's 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 changed a lot in such short time but uh people who reject like marijuana you know like when i was growing up it was just a, an immediate rejection of it and for me too like i remember being in 8th grade and i watched an episode of that 70s show for the first time and they were having their circle like i found out they were getting high and I was like, oh, "This show's like, no, I, th- I'm not gonna be a part of this." Uh-uh. You know, I was that was it was silly, but <laughs> that that quickly that quickly dissipated. I just watched another episode of that '70s show, and then I just became more like, "Oh, okay." But where was I going with this? You know, like things like that. The reason a lot of us had immediate rejection of weed, or just name something an immediate rejection of this. consider that the reason the reason you think that way is because that's what your parents that's how they thought, and you just adopted their thoughts <clears throat> You know there's a lot of ideas we hold that were instilled in us by the at the time we were kids. I call them child truths, you know, we go, we spend our whole lives thinking this one thing is true because that's just what we heard when we were kids. And because, you know, our brain as a child, we're not going to challenge that. We're just going to accept it as true. So we we kind of just go our whole lives thinking of it until we actually put some thought into it and realize, huh, maybe that's not true. Maybe my five-year-old self should have studied up on this. You know, a lot of this comes back to belief. You know, we – of course we believe in the thing that was taught to us as a child, as a baby, no less. And, you know, at around 10, we're stopped being told that Santa Claus is real, but with Jesus or God or whatever – it, we keep going with that one. that just keeps on moving throughout our lives. So, of course, we're going to believe in it. And, of course, our one is the right one. Of course, the God we believe in, our support, is going to be the correct God. But then you're going to hear someone say, like, you know, I think these gods are, could be all the same. Like, who's to say it's our God? It's probably just you know, it's different religions, but the same God. You know, there's so many interpretations of the way people like to to set their beliefs. But to me, that's how you know something is bullshit. The more interpretations something has, the more likely it is to not be true. You know, everyone has their own way of going about their beliefs. And if it makes your life better, keep believing it. But... For me, and for people who think more in my direction, you know, that's an indicator that yeah, it's probably not true. It's good for behaving in certain ways, but it's still delusional. I'm sorry. But I do believe that your thoughts are what implement your actions. Like, the more you think about something, the more you're going to behave in association with those thoughts, so belief can be a good thing. It can be a great thing. It can be the best thing that ever happened to you by having one particular belief system. It can also be the worst thing. You know, you can go from Gandhi all the way down to Hitler. You know, just the belief system and how passionate you are, and how how can. Conv- victed you are with that belief. Oh man. I'm I'm slowly learning how to build a better belief system. Not with like regarding religion or anything, but you know, mindsets. I'm I'm working on having a more financially free mindset. I'm thinking in ways where I can take action on becoming more free of my time. You know. I'm, t- I'm sick and tired. I'm 23. But I am already sick and tired of. The 9 to 5. And I'm fucking tired of older people saying. That's the world. Welcome to the real world. That's You gotta do it. You gotta do what you gotta do. No you don't. You really don't. There are ways you can go about this. By not. Uh, you don't have to work a 9 to 5 job. Your whole fucking life. And stop saying that's the real world. It doesn't have to be. And, you know, and I'm going to get dismissed as being a kid who doesn't know what he's talking about. But I, you see this. You see people figure out how to get out of this this fucking rut that they're in. And I I always hated that term, the real world. Like, welcome to the real world. You got bills, you got to pay for your car, and those are all – that's the real world. You you do got to, like if – if you blow a tire, you got to pay for it, and you got to dip into your savings and stuff. I've had to do that before. But to say that you have to work a nine-to-five, you got to, like, go up the corporate ladder, that kind of – like, that's a mindset people need to get out of. You know, that's the way our society has taught us to think. You know, that's kind of the way how schools prepare you whenever you're of age to get out in the real world. <clears throat> but it's it's bullshit. <clears throat> it's all bullshit. Money is a fiction. It does have value because we give it value. Like, Like, I am going to act in a way in society where I... Try to accumulate more money. But money isn't a real thing. It's it's a fiction. It's an invented thing. It has no intrinsic value. We've heard that before. You've all know Harari has the coolest argument or the coolest idea on why humans have surpassed every other species on the planet. Because he gives the examples that So you have bees. We all know bees or ants. Bees and ants work a lot in the same way where it's – if you think about it, they're – a bee society or an ant society is very communistic. It's a a communist society that works perfectly for them because that's just how their brains work. But, you know, as soon as you're an ant, you immediately have a certain job to do. Like you're working for the queen. Same with bees. You're all on this mission – and wherever the queen goes you go with them and so because of this you know ants and bees they're capable of working in mass numbers you know millions of ants can all cooperate together that's a that's a very impressive thing to do but they can't improvise this isn't something they know how to do they're on a mission to do something exactly how it's supposed to be done but if something disrupts that they're kind of screwed in a lot of ways. They ants and bees do not know how to improvise whereas chimpanzees they can improvise. They're they're able to cooperate with each other and think of new ways of coming about things. But they cannot do it in mass numbers. They can probably do it like in a group of 10. But once it starts getting to 20, 30, nope, good luck. You're you're not going to have chimps cooperating with each other. So humans, we're able to do both. We're able to improvise in mass numbers by the millions, by the billions, actually. And because we're able to do this is because we believe in fictions. You know, like religion, Christianity, Islam, Judaism, that's a fiction. You may not think so, but let me make my point. Um, money, that's a fiction. And the reason we find success through fictions is because we put faith in it. Like, with money, uh, it has no value to us physically, but we tell ourselves that this is worth this much and you can get, you can get this thing if you give me this much money. And so we put trust, we give, we trust strangers with this for the most part, like with businesses and things. We don't know each other, but we both decided that this is worth this much for a TV or something. So we, we give goods and services with money and with religion. Uh, you know, we give ourselves a set of rules that we have to act this way towards one another. You know, we don't always, follow the rules, or we kind of, people like to focus on certain rules other than other rules, but for the most part, it helps us cooperate. It builds community religions do. So that's why humans have been able to survive this long and just dominate the entire world because we can believe in fictions. And that it's very, it's it's fascinating, to me at least. Like th- just talking about it gives me goosebumps. It's just a very insightful perspective. I, you've all, if no one has read, you've all know Harari's books. I really recommend you do. His, his books are *Sapiens*, uh, *Sapien*, *Homo Deus*. And 21 lessons for the 21st century. He is a super insightful, dude. And, but yeah, it, it's, it's interesting. Okay. I think I had my fill. I got my spiel out, baby, but this was good. This was a good podcast. It's 47 minutes. I'm going to try to hit 50. I haven't had a podcast hit 50 minutes yet. So I'm gonna to try to talk for three more minutes. Let's see, what can I talk about? How do I how do I how do I go after that? <laughs> I don't know how to add to to what I just said. But just I'll give you guys an update on how Oregon is. It's great. Oregon's a it's a beautiful place. There's a lot of smelly parts. Like I don't know if it's the trees or certain areas where businesses are, but some smelly parts of Eugene. Uh, that's because it's filled with smelly liberals, John. They poop in the streets. Yeah, you're you're right. <laughs> I not not liberals, but homeless people. I I've, I've seen like two weeks into living here, a girl popped a squat by a dumpster right by the road and I saw poop leave her ass, and that was that was interesting, and the first week I moved here, there was a girl with no top on, she was just walking around with her tits out, I think that's legal in Oregon, I'm not sure, but you know, it was like culture shock right out of the gates, like, oh, okay, so this is Eugene, just tits and people shitting right, right in front of you, okay, alrighty it is a very liberal city and the one, you know, I'm, I'm somewhere in the middle with homelessness cause obviously no one wants to be homeless, but a lot of like, especially conservative minded people, um, they, they immediately go with the worst percentage of homeless people where, They don't want to do anything. They just want to ask for money and not actually go find a job or something. And there are there is a percentage of them who do that. I've talked to some of them actually, and they said that yeah, they don't want to do. They just it's crazy. But sorry, um, you know they don't think about the actual people who can't get a job or like they just lost their home, they just got fired or something. Or they're a vet, they're a homeless vet. You know, <clears throat> they no one, conservatives don't want to think about that aspect of homeless people. Whereas then you have liberals who only think about the the aspect, the percentage of homeless people who who need help, who genuinely need our help, and that is just as irresponsible as the other one. That's why liberal cities tend to, you know, have a shitload of homeless people. And when you have a shitload of homeless people, there is poop all over the streets. San Francisco literally has an app to show you where all the poop is in the city. That way, I guess you can you can look out for it or something. But that's an issue. That's a big issue. And then you also like have more conservative places where they put spikes in spots so homeless people can't sleep there, lay there. And that's an asshole thing to do, man. That's fucked up, too. But usually with all things, the answer is somewhere in the middle. And that's the that's the level people have a hard time getting to, that the answer is somewhere in the middle. <sighs> was that three minutes? It was, it was like four-ish minutes. Okay, guys, this is, this has been good. This is probably one of the best podcasts. So I'll leave it at this before I say something I'm going to regret and just ruin the whole recording. So have a good one, guys.